0: Welcome to episode one of Journey Through Grill Island. I'm your host, Zig, and joining me is... Barry.
1: Sarah Flan, Emma G.
0: Today we're going to be talking about the first ever PWG show, the aptly titled Debut Show.
1: Is it called Untitled? Or is it just Debut Show? The debut, the debut Show, I think it's called. And yeah, Cage Match has I, been
2: I, I wish they had the foresight to call it Humble Beginnings, because that would have been the most... <laughs> and like, they were. Yeah, they, they were they Humble they really Beginnings. really were.
1: Like, I always thought it was called Untitled, but it's probably because... It just wasn't titled.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it really funny how in 2019, we're going back and watching this Southern California indie show... That was attended by like
2: two hundred people. Mm-hmm. Was it even two hundred people? Two hundred fourteen. I, I oh okay. wow! <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I'm gonna get in touch with the uh, Franklin and Sons Collectible Convention and see if they can verify yeah, that yeah. number as well. I don't know if that convention's still going. Well, I, I, so I had no idea that's where the first show happened until it's S- until I started City watching of it of Industry. Bit. And I was like, is so this is a baseball card training <laughs> thing, yeah. or and they've literally just curtained off a part of the the, the hall to to do it, I guess. On okay. commentary, they kept taking the piss anyway and calling it the Frankenstein Convention or something. <laughs> So I, like, I imagine for a starting company, it was probably the, a fairly cheap place to run.
1: I like the Sons thing because you know exactly where it is. And it's kind of iconic then.
0: I also like to think that the convention was going,
3: was on, going on behind it was like- that curtain. <laughs> <kind. laughs> and someone was peering in, what's that? <laughs> hmm, why are those fellows wearing
0: masks? So this show took place on July 26, 2003. And... When I was setting up the email for this account, gmail.com for the nobody who wants to get in touch, <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd be cute and set the date of birth to July 26, 2003.
2: No, no detail too small on this podcast.
0: What I didn't realise was that was um, an under 18 account. <laughs> So it is now linked to my normal account, and any action I do on it has to be approved twice. <laughs>
1: oh no! So the email account is a minor. Yeah. Just wait until the turns 18 though. Oh, yeah. My
3: God, we Soon. Get... Soon. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We'll have a party.
0: 2021. Oh Hopefully, my. we're still going by then. Well,
3: Haiti hey, well, hey, we should have. No, have got to do it for yeah, the show. Yeah, we've got to do it for the
0: show. So I guess the first thing. To discuss before we delve into the matches is the actual formation of this company and how it seemed to come to be to us because for a,
2: a first show a lot of the characters and factions seem to be fairly well established feuds as well i think in that the six-man tag with uh, x foundation seemed like they were playing off stuff that had already kind of happened not a you know we'll talk about this more as the show goes i'm not the most professional commentary ever they weren't exactly giving you all the backstory for all the feuds <laughs> and the angles so you're kind of just thrown into the deep end but again, it's it's 200 people in Southern California, so they probably knew all the wrestlers. And, it, you know, you do have indie promotions sometimes that are born out of the death of other ones. So I'm sure, like, there was probably some ramshackle promotion that maybe fell to pieces and then PWG came out of that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, but I think the whole thing was the California boys, they weren't, no one knew who they were on the mm. East Coast. Like, they were unknown. Even for the first two or three years of PWG, Super Dragon wasn't known. Because they'd have to go down to Tijuana and... Mm all the shitty Mexican shows Super Dragon was actually trained by a lucha guy
0: that explains the vast amount of arm drags on this show but that's
1: that's, and it does the arm drag does become a thing
2: but it was interesting when they pointed out that AJ Styles hadn't wrestled in Southern California before because if this was 03 like King of the Indies had already been a thing and TNA had been a thing and he had been in ROH from the early days. People knew who AJ Styles was, but the fact that he hadn't been to this this region was pretty interesting.
0: And he
1: got to main event. And he got to main yeah, event, yeah, because yeah. it was a
2: big deal, his first time coming over. That was another
0: thing, that it was real hard to, to place when this show was, because mm. AJ comes out as NWA champion. Mm. You expect them all to be starting out, they were just kids, because yeah. like, you had Joey Ryan and Scott Lost, and they looked like babies. Yeah. <laughs> but like AJ Styles was already an established guy in
2: TNA, and... Mm had the belt. It was just really weird. There was some, you know, low-rent looks on the show, I'll
1: say that much. <laughs> Not a lot of great gear. I
2: feel like it was the main event before I saw some it good was gear. So bad. Um, and
1: the entrances, the way the, the, there was a curtain, but the curtain kept blowing in, yeah. so you could see them standing there before they'd come out. We got to hear those We did. That was was so weird. That was
2: so weird. Um, And we got to see uh, technical fuck up after technical fuck up all over the. I love the the three of five working lights
0: (laughs) at the entrance. When they were commentating, and I was listening to it, I was like, "If this was a first show, I wouldn't watch the seconds." No, like I found them very annoying. But it's because I have a warmth for them now. Yeah, you're like ah, that's just them being kooky.
1: That commentary was recorded maybe even a year later, months. Oh really? they, they were watching and that's what makes it even better is Excalibur and Disco Machine are watching it knowing that they have got to a better standard so they are oh. able to take the piss out of it knowing we're actually quite good now because they weren't, there's no way they were selling DVDs with commentary straight off their first show you know what like, I kind of thought listening
2: to it and I was like if you didn't know what PWG was and you, you, you went on like, high spots or whatever and you, you bought this DVD randomly and you you listen to the commentary, you think, is this like a five dollar wrestling thing where they they know it sucks and the draw <laughs> is laughing at it?
1: And it was Excalibur and Super Dragon that put the videos together. So Excalibur is actually taking the piss out of himself when yeah. he's going when he's talking about the terrible graphic design and the, the that's his that's his thing.
0: Just to to state. As I know the least about PWG, I'm not allowed to look up anything between shows. That's right. So essentially everything Emma is telling me is a revelation. If you can see my face, I'm bug-eyed with amazement.
3: (laughs) But that's good to see in this show now, Excalibur to where he is, like he just commentated on sort of new japan shows yes. in december he's come on leaps and bounds maybe sometimes still slightly controversial i think <laughs> um that's definitely something that was very notable <laughs> on uh, this first show
1: definitely a product of the time
3: yeah <laughs> that but, I, su- but that, I think that's a key thing about pwg a lot of the stuff is a product of the time mm. and would they get away with it now probably not do we look back fondly yes we do
0: i would have well, I would have been thirteen, but I would have found that hilarious. Oh, absolutely! Like, I would have uh, it all up. And now,
2: watching it, you know, you're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not the edge lord no, I once was. No, no. Yeah, God, if you were a teenager watching this, it would have been your favorite thing ever. It is the
0: same promotion that had. It was it was Human Tornado in El Generico. It was two skinny black guys. Yeah. yeah. So and then
1: two husky black guys. Mm-hmm. Who are like Elton and Mac. Willie Mack. Yeah. <laughs> you See, I yeah, still find it funny. <laughs> yeah. you, had,
3: you had Chris Bosch in PWG for years going around saying to people that I can smell the Jew on you. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. That, was the, the that was a
2: cue for you to gasp there. So and B-Boy sorry. was
3: in a team with the
1: N-word, I believe. Yes. Really? Yes. I've, <laughs> always, yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I've always found B-Boy's ethnicity a bit... Yeah. I, He's the
2: fat Joe of professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Human Tornado had a, he had a move that had the N-word in it and I remember Colt Cabana swinging <laughs> <streaming laughs> it at one time during a match. When you're a teenager in the mid-2000s. This is like your favourite thing ever. It's lowbrow humour and wrestling. It's like all that's missing is like a skateboard and you know you're... you're <laughs> And women. And women, yeah. (laughs) And we won't get very many of those, yeah, so... Although Although we did have a woman on this show,
0: so... A woman in the first ever PWG match, which is something I definitely wouldn't have expected. And And that's a pretty good segue into starting to talk about the show. Yeah, yeah. So our first match was Charles Mercury, Sarah Del Rey and Superbad (laughs) against Top Gun Talwar, Zoh and Ryan Drago. When I first read the name Top Gun Tower I always knew him like he is he was one of the PWG six wasn't he yes. I think so yeah but I'd never actually seen him yes and I don't know why I had this like Grand Naniwa vibe in my head I thought of a mask with flaps <laughs> <laughs> oh and let oh me tell my you God. that Top Gun Hispanic <laughs> gentleman was not who I expected <laughs> But he looked like the Hispanic dumb friend in comedy movies, yeah. Like an Ant Man. Yeah, yeah.
3: No, that's that's our top gun. I think one of the cool things for me watching this match was seeing Sarah Del Rey because you kind of forget that she was based out of California and like then afterwards them saying, Oh like she's going off to that Japan to A to Z which didn't last very long. No. <laughs> but like that was when she first started making a name for herself. So seeing her before she was badass Sarah Del Rey was Actually, she choose.
1: was the best person in that match. Oh, my yeah. Fire. Yeah. My <laughs> fire. but yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't much competition. Yeah, but he,
2: even she was kind of like, you know, I was expecting, like, oh, Sarah to in this match, maybe. You know, she was the best person in the match, but she was still, it was a work in progress. The wrestling was very indie. Yeah. No offense to any of the lads. We got the the first sarcastic use of the word modified during the crucifix spot because <laughs> uh, I think then uh, uh, Disco said they crucified the crucifix because it was such a, a <laughs> mess of a spot. Yeah, so Del Rey was was off on a tour after this match. And they, they, they had... Again, this is another thing that we mentioned there earlier about the carrying over existing characters. I presume from the scene or from other promotions. Paul T. Paul no T, explanation uh, of who that was. He's
1: the commissioner. You'll see him in and out for the next... I think maybe only the first year of PWG. And it's weird
2: because I kind of thought... like I got the vibe that they acknowledged on commentary and kind of in their promo that Excalibur and Disco and Dragon were like the owners, quote-unquote. Yeah. I kind of thought that... That they were, in a weird way, the heel authority figures as well. And it wasn't quite clear on that. And then Excalibur, at which he acknowledged on commentary, came out as a baby face and wrestled like a heel. (laughs) Didn't really know what he was doing. Um, So yeah, I was not clear on the hierarchy or who Paul T was or any of this. But in a roundabout way, they had a nice Yeah, he was supposed
1: to be the kind of the the commissioner. Okay.
2: Authority figure?
1: Yes, the authority figure. But then while he's out there, he says, I'm not going to be this authority figure, but then contradiction. Even, even
2: 15 years ago, the authority figures were coming out saying, no, I'm not going to be an authority figure out here making matches, but here's 10 minutes of talking. So after announcing
0: Sarah Del Rey's venture to Japan, a team cheese mode came out. Yes. consisting of three of the PWG 6, Disco Machine, Super Dragon, and Excalibur.
1: I think they, they were a faction before that SBS. Outside I'd, I'd of people, so they wouldn't be known because I think it was Team SPS. SPF
0: Testament to Super Dragon's faith in the promotion that he had a ring jacket already made with the logo and said <laughs> PWG on yeah. it, and they all had T-shirts. Yeah. It was a
1: beautiful robe.
0: Oh, it was. It was. It was pretty, pretty um,
1: And they're also the um, announce team. Yeah. Super Dragon is on commentary. He doesn't say much, no, <laughs> if anything. And he's definitely not there, but, yeah, <laughs> but I do love that.
0: I did like their, their timing. Yeah. I yeah, thought yeah. that was very good. They, they gave him enough time to respond. They didn't talk oh. over
2: him like we often are. <laughs> Excalibur's, um, even 15 years ago, he had a, a really great deadpan delivery. I know we're talking about the commentary a lot, but it was mm. pretty, I think it was like my favourite thing about the oh, show. Oh, the, the MVP. But like when, he, when Excalibur asks like Super Dragon, quote unquote, for his thoughts on, on AJ Styles and, and Frankie Kazarian, <laughs> and then he says your hatred for these two <laughs> men <laughs> it is so powerful. It was great, it was just so, so great. And we got the, the first instance of someone calling their own match. The that was my
3: favourite thing about this show, was him calling his own match yeah. against one of my all-time PWG favourites, Chris Bosch. White meat, rookie
2: babyface Chris Bosch. Very like,
3: yes.
1: Awful tight. <laughs> but that's not a one-off. Thing. Yeah, it, but, and
2: I always associate, because I actually haven't seen too much Chris Bosh, I kind of yeah. associate him with a lot of wackiness and yeah. some, some really funny catchphrases and characters, but yeah, this one he was just, he's pumping his fists and he was just, Excalibur was the dick. He was... <laughs> Is just the guy doing like great vertical leaps under the ropes and doing a big crossbody in the most baby babyface spot of like of all time, and he was like a completely different guy, but kind of bizarre at times.
1: Excalibur looked. I do love Excalibur. His body looks so smooth. It's like he's wearing spanks. There's yeah. absolutely no crevices or lumps or bumps. He's just... he's. It's
0: like when... Um,
1: body goals. Yeah, when,
0: <laughs> when Quack wears his one, yeah, you can always see his ribs poking yeah. out yeah. and stuff like that. But no, flat as a pancake. Yeah,
1: he's just smooth. He'd do
2: good on go a slip and slide.
1: He would.
2: He lost his mind at the end of this match on commentary after <laughs> was his amazing. lariat yeah. he like kills Bosch with this lariat towards the end of the match and it seems to have just popped him for the <laughs> remaining two minutes of action because he's like falling out of his chair it sounds like just screaming like, like, <laughs> like noises you can't even screw as words and disco machines like trying to call it and it was The funniest damn thing. Because
1: I actually had to rewind and be like, was the Lariat that
3: good?
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: (laughs) It wasn't. It was good. No, it was good. It was okay. I had to look up the times because I was like, that just seemed really long because it's terrible, or. (laughs) There was a lot of that. (laughs) It was like, was the main event feel short because it was just so much better than everything else?
2: This is our first appearance of Rick Knox. It was, match. yeah. And he looked more or less the same, except he had a bit more hair. This is the match where Excalibur pointed out strokes over his name, but not oh, over yes. Chris Bosch's name.
1: It was clearly Excalibur that did it yeah. himself. Yeah. And Disco Machine knows this, so he keeps asking Excalibur the questions, but Excalibur is trying to keep some sense of kayfabe and be like, "I don't know." Yeah, he's like,
2: <laughs> Super Dragon has the strokes because it's you know his promotion. M Dog does not, and also we left off his twenty. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs>
0: Uh, next up we had a tag match between the Ballard Brothers and the Aerial Express,
2: Scorpio Sky and Quicksilver. The thing about this match is not much—it's not just the, the calibre of the uh, near the knuckle jokes, it's the frequency as well. It's like it's like he got kind of giddy with it and it became a thing within a couple of seconds and then for the duration of the match. I'm assuming Scorpio Sky and Excalibur are really good friends so the jokes were coming thick and fast from uh, Excalibur. Um, Can we say
1: the line? So <laughs> there is a a nice kind of high flying sequence i guess or well
0: relatively yes and quicksilver excalibur
1: very nearly <laughs> killed
2: himself on oh the reverse toe on the yeah fosbury flopper yes. whatever it was oh jesus
1: and excalibur exclaims excitedly those colored boys sure can jump high much to the delight of disco machine who loses his mind <laughs> yeah
2: Colored like in yes. two thousand three. No, even then. Yeah, even yeah. then, that's out of date. Yeah. yeah, and but but like, and it was so doing it on purpose, obviously, to to, yes. to to get a rise out of people. That's one thing, actually, because I, I didn't realize that um, Scorpio Sky was masked at one point. I had no idea he was a master. Yeah, I feel either. like I don't I don't ever seen him kind of post mask. A lot of fake luchadors in PWG, yes. or not even well, fake, but like
1: you think about where they are. It's Southern California. Yeah, yeah. They're being trained by. Lucha,
2: yeah, by Lucha guys, yeah. I suppose and that's... it is
1: a thing because that was that was their identity for so long. Mm. Yeah, it's it's interesting.
3: And you can see, you can still see that influence today, especially yeah. in present day PWG. Just how many luchadores are bringing in, and I'm gonna give credit to them. A lot of yeah. the people they bring in, they're not that popular in in the US and abroad.
2: Yeah, like the obviously, like Pentagon and Phoenix stuff, but even like they've kind of gone more obscure with people like like Puma King and stuff like that that I haven't seen used in any.
3: Let's not get into Puma. The, Puma, yeah. the
2: Puma King debate. I thought the, the Ariel Express were
0: extremely indie. Yeah, lots of moves. Lots of moves, lots of weird flips that didn't quite come off, and then emotioning for the tag belts that don't, don't exist, exist after yeah. they won. The Ballard Brothers are kind of just two dudes. Although one of them an uh, unbelievable, like straight jacket brain buster. I've never seen that done before. Like he trapped the arms. Yeah, and yeah. him in. It was unreal. So which one? Oh,
2: <laughs> can you <even> do- Shannon <laughs> Shane? If you if you take umbrage with that email in at the address uh, Zig there at the top of the show. Once I give a permission. Oh I yes, yeah, yeah, response. Yeah, it's, you won't get in trouble for emailing a minor. I promise.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And the the did come out to uh, a lovely bit of corn, yes. which is, which oh is always God. good to hear. Yes. I was
2: trying to keep track of the entrance songs, but the levels were it was very, were very hard bad. to yeah. keep track yeah. of, of yeah. what was going on. Sometimes I could just I could just I thought AJ was actually coming out to his TNA song for a while, and I was like, no, no, that's the that's his actual indie one. Next
0: we have the debut, well the wrestling <laughs> debut. Of the most important wrestler <laughs> in PWG's history, according to one member of our panel. Yes. We won't say who. <laughs> As she giggles excitedly beside me. <laughs> we have Super Dragon against yes. M-Dog Sometimes 20. Yes. <laughs>
1: Ah, This was a great match. And I'm not just saying that. It was a very very good match. And Super Dragon's robe looks fantastic.
2: I am a sucker for someone who seems like they're a big enough mark for what they're doing that they're going to get special gear made. Like it is cool when you do it. it. If you've got tights that are purpose made for your feud or your match or something, I think that's cool. If you've got a jacket even more so. I have
1: a theory about Super Dragon. It's a working theory. Super Dragon hates his arms.
2: Okay.
0: Because
1: I think he, that maybe he thinks they're out of proportion to the rest of his body. That maybe he has kind of skinny arms. Because if you'll notice, the robes, <laughs> the robes that always have baggy arms, and or he'll put on a t-shirt with baggy arms over his one feet with his arms in. Look, it's just a well, little something I'm working on. Maybe
0: he has bingo wings.
1: <laughs> That's another. Yeah, thing. when you said, I was like, too big or too small. What do you? No, thinking? I think he thinks they're too small, or maybe they're just not as toned as he'd like them to be maybe a super dragon is just like us he's got body issues hey man that's We're that's super, deep super that's dragon deep. is a relatable guy <laughs> he is a relatable guy i also hate my arms if i could wear a robe i would <laughs> anyway back to the match back to the match <laughs>
2: I like M-Dog I think he's I think he's really fun this is another match that had a lot of moves but I felt like it it was you know it was really fun because he's kind of an experimental guy for lack of a better term and even like 15 years later like he had he like flipped into that Frankensteiner off the top rope which is something I don't think I'd ever even really seen well I've seen him, him do it he had the tarantula over the guardrail and all this other stuff. Like they were getting, they were getting really like creative. That's kind of what I think of, what I do think of M Dog because he's been around so long and he's always been this great high flyer. And these days, maybe not so much like coming out with stuff you've never seen before, but he's still really crisp and, and he's gotten so much better as a, as a total package. Super Dragon, I think, was a really good opponent for him. I liked this match a lot. A I
1: really match. really
2: like this match.
0: But it was sort of classic M Dog in that he had very little personality. Yeah, like he was just a guy out there an impressive yeah wearing a
1: pair of baby blue O'Neill. yeah like <laughs> disgusting yeah bad gear didn't even fit him too short which is very short
2: oh Emma G the size queen has shown her her true colours here on the first this, episode this will be a recurring, <laughs> be recurring theme. <laughs> theme yeah she uh, Emma actually hated this match to Super Dragon Souls for M-Dog on that tarantula so she's like you know
3: no I like to watch himself I feel like we're establishing characters in the show, and now yeah. I'm the M dog because I don't have one. I'm just me.
2: Okay, you gotta you gotta start attacking some wrestlers for their physique. You gonna, know,
3: yeah. no, I'm gonna think of what I'm gonna be known for. Okay, in okay. Show, okay, okay. And I'll come back to you. I
1: hope it's dirty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought it was interesting at the start of match, but five minutes in, Disco says that it was really weird for an indie match not to have 15 head drops at this stage. (laughs) And that was like 2003. The idea
2: that indie guys can't work and they're just moves has nearly existed 20 years now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that idea that not only can they not work but that they're crudely taking ideas from elsewhere and doing them less good. So like, yeah. I would never say that about Super Dragon. What
0: blew my mind is that (laughs) Super Dragon... Did a Phoenix Splash? I was I could not ready for that. that. That's my
1: lucha boy. Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> he's like he's like Seth Rollins, but good. You know, but that so
1: early Super Dragon is a completely different wrestler. Yeah. yeah, Because he didn't have to be this absolute street fighter. That wasn't his thing yet. Like he was vicious and he he hit hard, but he also had an arsenal of other moves.
0: It was a good match. Maybe they did do a bit too much. I did think it went on a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. but in the end, our hero prevailed. <laughs> Which brings us on to
2: another epic. Taro against Baby Slim.
3: <laughs> that was when, when that
2: graphic came up, I thought his, his name was Bambi Sim. This is the most, the most jacked man in all of Southern California. He was quite the <laughs> specimen. When he came out,
1: big jacked black guy.
0: Hmm. I was worried about yeah. what the commentary was going yeah. to be like. Yeah.
1: Did you recognize him? No. He's in Dragon Gate for a while. Muscle Muscle gang. I thought there was a faction there was, called... So there okay. was. There was a faction called Muscle Gang. He was in it. Um, but then he was also known as Muscle Gang. So I Did think he he's been baby eat them sweat. all and then become the gang? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, okay. oh, that could be it. Yeah.
2: He came out to the Club, which at this yeah. time was actually kind of topical. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. I wonder what he's coming out to these days. Um, I, I don't
1: know if still he's still in wrestling. He's not. He hasn't been wrestling since 2011. I
0: forgot to mention that Taro actually comes out and... Issues an open challenge Mm. That's that's how this starts to the biggest Taro looks like something straight out of Chikara Yeah He looks a bit like Elegaro actually Kind of, yeah Yeah, yeah. But in in a onesie type thing Yeah The running joke is that Taro is this weedy, skinny guy Who thinks he's massive And they kayfabe it as if he is massive Mm -hmm. You know, that always funny trope Oh yeah Yeah. Um, So he calls out the the biggest guy That they have in the back And Baby Slim emerges
3: there is one funny line in commentary that made me laugh like an after child calling him the horniest man in wrestling and I just lost that like oh I'm such a child but it just works so well.
1: That's pretty horny. Yeah. yeah. Think of
2: all the ground that covers yeah. yeah. The match was then just kind of a, a match. I, did, I, did, I, I liked that at one point Disco Machine said that Taro was uh, adjusting his gear like all the great sellers in wrestling do. Um, that's a quality bugbear to have about like bad wrestling is when people are adjusting their gear in the middle yeah. of a match uh, and so the finish then I, I thought they were going to do a thing where for a first couple of shows Taro would do this and lose but they immediately had him win because Baby Slim slips on a banana peel basically and <laughs> runs head first into a chair and Taro opens I was like okay well, there we go then and then they had the most abrupt cut off like Excalibur mid sentence talking about how he's finally done it they cut him <laughs> off like he was in TNA in 2007 and they had to go to the back <laughs>
1: I think Taro goes on commentary for a while. He does. um, A few years later. Mm.
2: This match had the first instance of Excalibur saying, "Tope Cone, hello. It did. And the Disco Machine did something racist about Asian people after he said that. (laughs) So, you know, it's PWG in a a moment.
0: Speaking of Disco Machine, he was in our next match, teaming with Mr. Excitement against Hook Bomberry and my new favourite wrestler, (laughs)
2: Apollo Khan. What a collection of gentlemen in this match. Mr. Excitement, I, is the name supposed to be ironic or something? I don't know, he was just a Puerto Rican gentleman. And he, and it was like he was dancing wow. with disco, but you could tell he was not especially like into it. He kind of came out like he looked like a bit of a, a no nonsense about him, but his name is Mr. Excitement, and he's wearing those very loud shorts, and he's teaming with Disco Machine. I was fascinated by this man.
0: But what
1: was it about Apollo Khan
0: that, um, <laughs> that hooked drew you me to in? Him. Yes. Well, first he came out looking like Pride Era Kevin Randleman, which I, which <laughs> I was better. very into—a very specific reference. He's very and small though, but he was—he yeah. was quite small. But then he ended up also wrestling. Like I'd imagine, Kevin Randleman would wrestle with all his takedowns. I actually thought he was really good. But so, but
2: so he was the one who yeah, who nearly killed Disco with the judo yeah it was him. like a Darce choke and yeah. right? he meant, we went to take him down and just dumped Disco yeah. on his shoulder and the two Excalibur and Disco seemed quite shocked at what they had seen even though they had obviously been there for it well Disco keeps going
0: on about how injured he is yeah. throughout the match and then when that takedown happens he goes if you thought I was hurt before <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but he finished the match all right? He's getting up from that takedown. He's trying to get feeling back in his shoulder.
2: Khan <laughs> did do some other cool stuff. He hit my favourite ever professional wrestling move, a backdrop driver. So excitement had uh one of the guys in a like a suplex position. Disco did a drop kick on him in the move. It looked terrible. It was like it was like a a bad execution of like an idea the Young Bucks would have or something terrible oh this match was Disco
1: was trained by Super Dragon he's not a good wrestler no but Super Dragon absolutely loves him you'll see it he's getting matches because Super Dragon loves him not because he's a good wrestler (laughs) yeah I like him
3: can we just have oh. a kind of shout out for Hope Bomberry? I don't feel like he's getting much love here. No. And I love him.
0: It was the name I recognised, but I he's, couldn't...
3: he is a PwG legend. He okay. was around for, for quite a while. And I love how they're trying to talk about like where his name comes from on commentary. <laughs> it's just like a little story that they had going like
2: I would just kind of assume bullshit on every like origin story they tell. It's like
3: But Excali- oh. Excalibur just comes across as so intelligent because he is <laughs> yes, an intelligent yeah. man yeah. Yeah. that to be honest, Excalibur could tell me anything I'd like. Yeah, yeah, you're right.
1: Bambury is a very common surname in Kerry and Limerick. So for years, I thought it was Hook Bambury <laughs> <laughs> of the and Kerry Bamburys. Yes. Oh I was God. like, well, now that's an interesting name. No, it's 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 not. It's Bambury.
0: Mary's boy Hook. I you know him.
1: <laughs> thought it was weird that...
0: Disco and Mr. Excitement were a team, even though it was established earlier in the show <laughs> he
2: was with Team Cheezmo yeah, yeah. Is Mr. Excitement an
0: offshoot?
3: There's no he seems like he, he seems
2: like he'd fit into Team Cheese He's cheesematic. Know. Yeah, he's yeah. cheesematic. Oh, That's how I like my toasties.
3: Also at the end of the match,
2: Hook Bamberry
0: um, <laughs> Attack someone in the crowd. <laughs> He takes exception to what someone chants, I guess. I guess, yeah. I... He just goes in and tries to lift him from his seat and then storms off. And all the while, Khan is still fist bumping him <laughs> all the way out down the aisle. That's why I love indie wrestling. Yeah. I
3: love stuff like that.
0: I'm... We're sort of getting into the, the meat and potatoes of this card now. Really we only am. have two matches left, but they're at least filled with names we actually know. Yeah. The next one is Hardcore Inc., consisting of Adam Pierce, Alcatraz and The Hardcore Kid against X Foundation, Joey Ryan, Scott Lost and Funky Billy Kim.
3: Now, I, I will say that I did not know who Funky Billy Kim was. Because I always thought <laughs> like it was just Joey and Scott. I didn't know there was like, Oh yeah,
0: I,
2: I had no idea there was a third
3: guy.
0: Did
2: you hear The Kid at the
0: end? No. No. When Billy Kim is leaving and he sounded like the most 90s bully, <laughs> you, can, you can picture him, fat kid, buzz cut, blonde <laughs> hair, just, you
2: suck! <laughs> Scott Loss looked about 14 in this. He had uh, tremendous curtains. He did, adorable. oh my god. Yeah. He was adorable. A, hair a great look. And he obviously would get a lot better in his he still, he had that Scott Loss crispness about him still even at this early stage, but... Joey Ryan. Shaved head, just high-fiving the fans. I'm, a, I'm a, come on guys, I'm a I'm your hero. Like I was like, who is this guy? And beloved as well, like again, you know, kind of among those local fans like the superstar worker of the of the area or something like that. It was it was crazy. They, they got streamers. They got streamers, the only people on the whole show, didn't yeah. they? And Adam Pierce has had just one of the like weirdest careers in terms of guys who's yeah. been to loads of places. I had never heard of these two guys. I had never heard of this faction. And he stuck out like a sort of He comes out in his in his flare robe or whatever you know, whatever comparison you want to make, and with hardcore kid with two D's and Alcatraz with two Z's, um, <laughs> um, hardcore ink like, and Adam Pierce just kind of in the middle of it. Like. And their their two managers, El Jefe. <laughs> yes. yes.
0: What was the other, the other, other guy?
1: Um, Edward Vanderpile. Of course. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, and Jefe has a sign
2: that says "Where the white women act? <laughs> <at?" laughs> <And>, like, <laughs> what? It is <laughs> very
1: confusing. Very very <laughs> odd. Hardcore Kid also wrestled as Zodiac in Old Japan okay. and was in an episode of iCarly. Okay. And an episode of CSI. And I had an MMA career involving one match against Butterbean. Oh nice. <laughs> that is, that is <laughs> an incredible career. So Hardcore Kid is actually the most interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> Combat sports legend. of
2: Kinda of, kinda of like the, uh, the the racism in the in the Scorpio Sky match. There was like a joke early on here from Excalibur that I think he got giddy about. Like uh the ref counted two and Adam Pearce got in his face and gave him the finger and Excalibur said Adam Pearce there telling referee uh, Aaron Hassan how he fucked his mother (laughs) and like started going in detail about like destroying his mother and then brought it up about two or three more times but this this match I actually thought was pretty good anyway so it it wasn't like just the commentary but I thought this was actually a decent match but I think this is probably the most fun time capsule match. Just for like for Ryan alone, you kind yeah. of it kind of going. This is this is like different humans.
3: Joey Ryan, when you think about it, he's been around. Like it, it makes you realize he's been around for so long mm. and did so much for Southern Californian wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like he went on to become one of the biggest names to come out of that scene and spread the word of PWG t- to so many people. And to see him there as generic good boy. Yeah. Joey Ryan which he never was again he was never like that is after his first year and a half I think and then to see Scott loss also kind of be like that and then to see Tim and Joey becoming a team once again and seeing the difference between then and yes years to come and it start, started here started right here but it was
2: another one there as well where it was like they're playing off something from the past that we don't know about or get and it's not really explained you know I guess uh, they yeah, having
1: them. a faction we don't know with two managers yeah. <laughs> and Mexican bells, which Excalibur yeah. was burying
2: on commentary you know
3: yeah. who won
2: uh, the heels By cheating. are cheating uh, Pierce okay. used the belts oh, to pin yes, Ryan one of them we don't know which one
3: not on Pierce eh ugh I feel like
2: uh, I, you know it's, it's easy for, for like us to, to look back now and say okay they should have done away with all these these feuds we don't know about because but those 200 people love Joey Ryan and they were obviously into it so I think at the time it was probably the right thing to do because you had to, to build off something
3: They had to get people to actually go to the show yeah. if they're promoting these factions they're like oh cool I saw them
2: just, just hand out flyers in the convention itself. So you there, selling the pogs? Uh, come see some, come see some wrestling.
0: I think this show, not just for the wrestlers, but even the company itself, it's sort of that quintessential. Everybody starts somewhere. You know, yeah, like, it's like very
2: indie mm. gym, cheap lights, weird guardrails, <laughs> yeah, and like a yeah. hundred empty seats. It kind of reminds me there was a, a Todd Gordon said about the first ECW show that Terry. Funk worked She said that Terry Funk came up to him after the show and said well this wasn't very good but uh, we'll, oh. we'll get better and oh. you know he, he took it as this kind of inspiring like there's something here we'll figure it out and it'll be good down the line which is kind of this like you could see the bits of this that, that they could they could build off of you know and this match was kind of a, a good example
0: because
1: like drawing
2: 200 people for your first show
0: is actually pretty good yeah Sorry. It's very
1: impressive. Yeah, but was it a case where people were crying out for wrestling to go to in Southern California? Or were they just convention goers were they who could just also just, yeah. just walk in? Pogs and wrestling <laughs> do. Yeah. Go hand in hand. <laughs> wrestling Pogs, that's something I missed out on. There we go. Yeah. 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 I'd buy them. That could be the aim of this show.
2: That could be our
0: merchandise.
1: <gasps> Let's get
3: Pogs.
0: Nobody oh, steal our idea. No, that's,
2: that's, this is a published work
1: that counts as copyright. That's a patent. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so the main event, guys...
1: Well, first Samoa Joe comes out.
3: Southern Californian wrestling legend, as we know him (laughs) today. Blonde. Blonde Samoa Joe. And Samoa Joe is one of the... In 2003, I would still say he was one of the biggest names in independent wrestling. Absolutely. Like, well-known for his work in Ring of Honor.
1: Was Samoa Joe supposed to be main event?
2: Yes.
0: Was
1: it supposed to be a three-way?
2: No, AJ and Joe. Okay. Which that actually would be almost kind of ahead of the curve, because that would be like... In the peak of when TNA was actually a cool thing to, to watch, like 05, like obviously the three-way was big. The Joe-AJ matches were just fucking incredible and they did like however many straight pay-per-views having matches and did them on the indies as well. So to get that in 2003 would have been pretty cool. Well, Kazarian, you know, he did his, he did well. He's, he's never a guy I would be, even at his peak, he never would have been anyone I would have raced to see, you know, live.
0: Not, not to bury him, but no, when no, no.
2: was his peak? I, 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 would, I would I have said around that around that either either around that kind of era when TNA in general was peaking in the ring like 05, 06, yeah or and I I don't really like them as a, these days in as in our age but I did like the Daniels heel team when they started in TNA they were funny and That's they are having true. banging matches with AJ and Kurt Angle like he's he's had I I've never been big into but he has had a he's had some really great stretches in his career the like, uh, yeah yeah
3: I think you guys are kind of understanding... Frankie Kazarian's career a little bit, especially in the early days of PWG, like he he was a SoCal guy and a big SoCal mm. guy. He would have been a name and yeah. one of their biggest ones that actually gotten to branch out a little bit instead of this little bubble mm. that was Southern California. He's not the heights of Samoa Joe, no, but no, of AJ course, Styles no. definitely not. But
2: you can but, still be a like a, a notable
1: guy, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Can we talk about his hair? The quintessential indie boy. Yeah. That horrible shape, sides, long, straight. Oh, God. Him, the Nick Jackson. He comes out to the most popular indie theme song, You're the Best Around. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. How I, many people have used that? Yeah.
2: I actually did not know he ever came out. I, I don't think I've ever seen yeah. an indie entrance of his.
3: I just even think in 2003, AJ Styles was ridiculously good. So Like, good. I've kind of segmented AJ's career in my head, much like Brian Danielson, Purity for aesthetics and his place on you know in my mind like 2002 to 2000 say 2008 aj i think is just as good as present day aj a lot of people will disagree on me with that but he was so quick and, and he influenced so many people yeah that he's just as important as he was today and i think this match is kind of like the start of that he was in the first pwg main event a company that then went on to Inspire so many young indie talents, and who and people aspired to get to PWG, and him being part of the first main event, I think, is very important for that.
2: Yeah, there was there was the buzz, there was buzz around. You could sense the buzz of AJ then as the outsider coming in, and it's just like that's always that's always a cool thing for any promotion anywhere in the world when you get a, a really heralded outsider who's never either even been in your country or your region before, um, let alone your promotion. Um, yeah, you kind of sense that there was a, a big vibe about it. He's got to be up there with like some of the most natural wrestlers ever. That pretty much straight away he yeah, was he was kind I'd, of wowing you with I'd have him to do. as an all timer. Oh like, yeah, I think absolutely. he's the best ever. Yeah,
0: like, the fact that he's forty one now and he hasn't slowed down a bit. He's not taking as much risk, but mm-hmm. he still puts him. He still puts on great matches. Does the four fifties to the
2: outside? Yeah, he'll still take a kind of a brutal beat down, like from like a Brock or when he has to. He's gotten smarter about. Okay, I'm gonna make these ones count. You know. Um, yeah, he's he's great, and it is it is always interesting when you go back like fifteen years and you see AJ, and you're like, you know, he's always been good, but then when you watch it, like, oh, he's he's it's like a it's like a reminder every time you see him. But I will say about this match, I really liked it. It was it was pretty yeah. it was pretty solid uh, main event, even with the rest of the show not being great. I think I still expected this to be a little bit more than it was. Yeah. Um I think they were kind of holding back a little bit, presumably for rematches or something like that. Honestly, I think I might have preferred the M-Dog match to the Super Dragon M-Dog match just because it felt a little bit more kind of wild. And, yeah. and this felt like them having a solid sort of middle of a TNA kind of pay-per-view kind of match. Maybe yeah. a, a, a kind of hair or two below where I was expecting, but but good times still. One
0: move that always gets me is AJ's kick-up Frankensteiner. Yes. I love that. Love I've it. never seen
2: anyone else do that. It's crazy. I think the first time I saw it, because I, I hadn't seen much AJ at all beforehand, was the famous three-way The Joe Daniels The unbreakable one And that's the type of thing That the first time you see You you just come out of your seat And you're like This guy's This guy's the business This is also The first PWG apron bump Yes Something (laughs) that became synonymous with them Yeah And it was cool Actually there's this DDT And Kaz So smooth Kind of just one motion From the ring Out to the floor Brings AJ down Great stuff
3: pulling it out there I, AJ Styles is an attractive man now uh,
2: yeah, I, not, yeah. Not,
3: not, not so much I, I can't
2: believe that it's he's small he's, he's
3: <laughs> size, size queen
2: but like, I can't believe he's had obviously he's had he's finally after all these years getting his WWE career I can't believe it's with that hair everyone laughed at that hair when he first started you having it in TNA and, and like he trimmed it a bit in New Japan and then he went to WWE and he grew it out again it's like oh Billy Mitchell Like I would
1: take that <laughs> hair AJ over Affliction t-shirt short hair AJ
3: I raised you that and AJ Styles trying to be Ric Flair here when he put Ooh, the blonde in
2: okay. it. Okay. Terrible, terrible, yeah. That yeah. The, was bl- a bad the blonde time. streaks. That's Mojo. joke.
1: He was injured by B-Boy?
2: Paul London.
1: Paul London, that was it. Sorry.
2: His announcement of his injury was another, okay, here's the clip, folks, and there it goes. Um, it's like, uh, sorry, I can't be in you know, the main event tonight and they cut to the graphic. It's like, yeah. okay, you know what, you just don't put it in and just put it on commentary I can imagine. You know,
1: Samojo was the person people bought tickets to see.
2: Yeah, at that time, yeah, absolutely. Going back to uh, the commentary <laughs> on yeah.
0: this uh, show, Rick Knox uh, being constantly referred to as uh, Bunsen Honeydew, the <laughs> <laughs> scientist from the Muppets. Oh yeah. And
2: uh, a long debate on whether Bunsen is Beaker and Beaker Oh yeah, is and they, yeah, which one was which? How do you not know which one is which? I Beaker think- is obviously like, because Beaker's an iconic name. I can't believe we're talking about yeah. this. But, like it's a perfect name for that character but they do
1: talk about it for about half an hour
2: Someone... welcome to Muppetal
0: <laughs>
1: with,
3: with me it. Michael Muppet
0: <laughs> another uh, running theme of this match was a uh, man in the front row who kept standing up whenever something interesting happened <laughs> <laughs> wearing uh, Barry of California yes <laughs> The most 2003 outfit you've ever seen. A FUBU like, baseball shirt and a red headband. Okay. And he was an African American man, which, you know, sets Excalibur off. <laughs> that's that's the alarm bells. Excalibur then proceeded to do an impression of what the man oh, might be saying. God. Calling AJ H. H. Styles
2: a honky cracker. Have <laughs> <I don't think laughs>
3: you I'm just glad AJ didn't hear that because he also
2: about his- oh oh it's okay for you to use race against me because <laughs> my AJ <laughs> the, the honky community
3: right?
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to wrap up the show we had uh, John Ian announcing that the next show will be to well two shows will be to crown the PWG world champion and that'll be our next show covering Badass Mother 3000 night one and two is everyone excited for that I'm very excited
1: I'm Woo!
3: so guys <laughs> nice closing
1: thoughts it was a show. <laughs> yeah, to be sure. MVP was commentary. Yes.
3: Yeah, I think that's something we can all agree on.
1: My match was Super Dragon.
0: Yeah, same. I go for Super Dragon him, dog. I preferred the main event, I think.
3: Yeah, I'm in the
1: main event, too. Who was the standout performer?
2: Apollo Khan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, AJ Styles.
3: X Foundation, I think, stood out to me because you could see the potential growth with those guys.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Super Dragon I'm afraid tough Just, decision yes. tough <laughs> our,
0: we're
3: not journalists
0: if you want to get in touch with us uh, with any questions or comments about the show if you've seen it somehow <laughs> because they're not on high spots yet so we expect a bit more interaction from some of you when we do get into the high spot shows you can contact us on our twitter at Gorilla Island uh, you can follow the four of us uh, I'm at Zig on the Rocks
1: I... <laughs> oh here we go we've done so well who am um, I just say your Twitter <laughs> <laughs>
0: so close
3: <laughs> at Sarah Flan and at the two Sarahs
2: uh, at the Barry Light <laughs> and at
0: O <laughs> underscore energy. <laughs> <M-O-G. laughs> Giggles optional. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.
3: Bye.